Good morning, New City family. My name is Jared Parsons. I am one of the teaching pastors here, and I'm very excited to be with you this morning, worshiping with you. Um, we've been going through a series called Fully Saturated, where we allow God's truths to fully saturate our minds and to begin to get a new perspective on how we see the world. And uh, the topic that I got this week as we just went along is whatever is just. And uh, what a week to get that topic. What an emotional week for us as uh, Derek Chauvin's verdict came in. I'm sure we've all been thinking about just injustice in, in some way, shape, or form. We've been talking about it, thinking about it um, this week. And I've been feeling a little bit like, am I qualified? I'm going to be honest with you, New City, I, I'm a little overwhelmed uh, thinking about whatever is just. And um, the, an analogy came to mind uh, that uh, I just think in movies, people who know me know that I just kind of like talk in movies, and uh, <clears throat> if you haven't seen it, that's unfortunate. Um, but I will catch you up to speed. I, I thought of an analogy. Uh, there's a movie called Dread, not Judge Dread with Sylvester Stallone, the old one, which I don't think is that good. But the new one with Carl Urban, and the premise of this movie is a dystopian future, which we apparently we just can't get over that premise, a dystopian future <clears throat> where uh, the, there's this huge city, 800 million people living, and the, the law is overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed, and so... Uh, to, to try to keep up, they've commissioned single individuals, judges, to on the spot be judge, jury, and sentencer, and at times executioner for someone's crimes, which is a horrifying future to, to think about in, in general. But on top of that, the, the premise of the movie is that uh, Judge Dredd, who is a well-respected judge for being impartial and at times, maybe borderline angry, um, which is more than borderline, uh, <clears throat> gets a trainee, someone who has to pass the judge exam perfectly that day. Uh, this, this, she cannot miss more than, I, I don't think she can miss any questions. Uh, she has to get a perfect exam on, on judging and, and to be able to look at any situation and appropriately compute what is exactly right in the situation. I think I feel a little bit like the trainee every day. I don't know if you feel this way. Like you are on an exam where at the moment that anything happens, either interpersonally with, with a friend, with, with, a, with a family member, with a foe, with... Um, yeah, with, when, when news comes in, when, when we hear of, of horrible injustices in the world, when we talk about any, any social issue, I am on an exam where I need to get it exactly right. And, and borderline, under, you know, what, what's really underneath it really is the question of can someone who's ever thought or done anything unjust speak about this and practice this? And the truth is yes. They can because, spoilers, God is the only just one and he is the one who justifies. That's what we're going to find out this morning is that he is the one whose standard I should look to, not to my own, but his. And he actually enables me to join him in thinking about and practicing whatever is just. 
So what, <clears throat> what I want to do to start off is actually I'm going to reread the verse that we start with, uh, <clears throat> the Philippians 8 and 9, and uh, just point out a couple things as we frame how we're going to approach this topic this morning. So let me, let me pray and let me read those, um, and then we'll, we'll dive into another passage, Romans 3, just after. But um, yeah, God, thank you for being here. Thank you for your presence. And uh, would you be the one to teach us and to um, reveal to us your good character and what, what, we, are to, what we are to learn. Um, yeah, God, we love you in your name. Amen. Here's the verse, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So first thing I want to draw out as, as, we, as we're, what we're going to talk about with whatever is just is that you can't separate any one of these qualities from each other. They are all related and all in, interconnected um, <clears throat> in the person of God. Really, that, that's what we're looking at. Two is, you know, first we think on these things, but we do want to practice them. There is, there is a thinking to practice, and that's the fully saturated kind of idea, or even the, you know, the previous series was freshly squeezed. Whatever is, is, is in here will eventually come out, and so as we begin to think on all these wonderful things, we will begin to practice them. And finally, it says, the, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Just remember that the, the framing of this is anxiety, actually, is Paul addressing anxiety in the Philippians. And he's saying, when you think on these things, as you think on this, the God of peace will be with you. This is about a new, what, you know, anxiety comes out of an improper understanding of the world and God's character, which I struggle with anxiety all the time, so I need this. The God of peace will be with you. So, peace is the goal, practicing is the goal, practicing and thinking on, on what is just. And so the previous two things um, is, is actually the, the filter we're going to use as we try to think about what is just. The previous um, two things of whatever is true and whatever is honorable. Uh, Patrick get, spoke on this a while ago. True, whatever is true is known and repeated, just sim- simply, simply for us. It's known and repeated. The known and repeated things of God and us that we see in the scriptures, that's what's true. Um, we, we know it and, and it has been repeated. It's, it's scientific. It's data. <laughs> um, second is honorable. Honorable was summed up as appropriate and reasonable. Right? It, it's uh, appropriate value, reasonable um, action taken. That's what, that's what honorable is. And so... We're going to use these two filters as we go through our big passage this morning to see what is just, actually. That's, so that this is the connection, is that all these things help each other um, as, as, we, as we try to understand whatev, you know, whatever. Is, uh, that, that's a big word for us, right? Whatever. Um, so whatever is just, let's look at these true and honorable filters as we go through Romans 3. 
uh, 21 through 31 is, is the passage we'll be going through. And we'll just pull out whatever is uh, true and honorable about God, humanity, and me. God, humanity, and me. Here we go. Uh, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to, go sh to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Okay, so pause really quick before I finish, just, just to kind of sum up right now that the, Paul is talking to people who had put their hope in the law, their hope of righteousness, of being completely and totally righteous, which is not far off from being just. Uh, just is right judgment, Righteousness is right action. So it, it, they're very, very, very similar. So he's saying the, the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. This is wild. But all these things bear witness to it, and that the law and the prophets bear witness to it, but that righteousness is Jesus Christ, the propitiation in Jesus Christ, and faith is how we get this righteousness. So let me keep going now. Um, verse 27, then what becomes of our boasting? Our being, um, for, for them, the Israelite boasting, it is excluded by what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that no one is, that one is, sorry, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith? Who will uh, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Okay, so last part just talks about, you know, do we do we boast in our works? Do we boast in the fact that we know righteousness or whatever? No, we don't, and we also don't exclude or send away the law, but we uphold it. So let, let's pull some, some of these truths about what is just here, about God, humanity, and me. So first the filter that, uh, of, of truth about God is that God is the only just justifier. He is the only just one. He is the only just justifier. It talks about that the law and prophets bear witness to this righteousness, right? Um, so God, in the scriptures, set up the law. Now, we don't talk about the law all that often, um, but the law, the first five books of, of the Bible, is a fascinating, extremely detailed, well-administrated system of, of justice, uh, both um, spiritual, there, there, was, there was spiritual moral wills, uh, or a spiritual moral will that God had 
that, you know, when, when they sinned, they would have these sacrifices once a year to pay for their sins. But he also set up a system of, of how they were to manage their lives and, and how to keep themselves healthy. And God's law was a very high standard. At, and at the time, and in many ways, is still extremely progressive. God set up a system in which the slaves uh, only lasted seven years. You could only have a slave, and every seven years they would get released. At the time, slaves had no right. There, there was nothing. They, they, they did not even have value as, as humans. They were thought of less than human. That was the, the old Mediterranean system. He also gave slaves rights to the parts of the property that they could have. And every, on top of that, every 49 years, with whatever happened in, in Israel during that time, all of the land that you might have lost or gained, everything went back to how it was exactly distributed when they entered Israel the way that God ordained it. So he set up a system even that, that was crazy progressively just and beyond fair. On top of that, he set up all these systems of, of, of cleanliness that, we, you know, not just spiritual cleanliness, but ways to keep people healthy. At the time, they, they couldn't really cook bacon the way that we can, where we're pretty confident we're not going to get botulism. That was, that was a part of the system. God had a very high standard, and he had a very high standard for the heart. That was most important to him, is, is their heart. He, he says, I'm, I'm going to write my laws on your heart, on your very heart, that you understand. And he was the one who, who oversaw all of it, who could, who could keep track. And the prophets then testified to whether or not Israel kept those things, acted justly, acted according to the standard that God had, that, that judged and, and, and acted righteously as well. And the prophets testify and bear witness that the righteousness of Israel was not up to, to standard, was not up to God's perfect just standard. And constantly, the prophets, when they call out, they call it spiritual and the, the material, the, the physical, the social injustices, the injustices against God, the rebellions that we have against God, and the way we treat each other. And so the law and prophets bear witness to this. And, and so when it says that, you know, the righteousness had to be manifested apart from the law in God, in the person of Jesus, so that he could be proved to be both both just and justifier. This is known and repeated that he is the only one who's just, and, and he is the only one, therefore, able to justify others. His standard is perfect, and he's the only one, then, who can justify, who can release us from, from his judgment. And he did so in the person of Jesus. This is, this is what's wild, is that he, he is the only one who could, and he did so. In the person of Jesus, that propitiation word is basically the full satisfying payment through Jesus' blood for every unrighteousness and unjust action in us, and, and every un, unrighteous thought, every unjust thought, Jesus paid for it all propitiated. He is the only just justifier. That's the truth. And therefore, it's honorable is to remember and balance, to balance that God is the only just justifier. 
what's appropriate and reasonable when, when, when we're met with a situation, whether it be interpersonal or we, or we see the news or whatever's happening, is to, is to sit back and remember, God is the only just one. And he's a justifier, too. He is a justifier. That's our first point that we need to look at. Now, let's look at humanity here in this passage. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Wow. What, what, a, what a sentence to, to just drop in here. Earlier on, he says, there are none righteous, no, not one. Humanity needs justification by God. That's the truth. That's, that's the truth that we, that we see here, is that humanity needs justification by God. We act unjustly. And not just, not just act or think unjustly on, 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 a, on a scale of you know, interpersonal or whatever, but cosmically we have this injustice between us. The, the Bible uses the word trespass, and uh, trespass means going where you shouldn't belong. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a form of injustice, right, if someone trespasses on your property. If we trespass onto um, God's domain, into, uh, into what, what only he can decide, and and the first ones to do that, obviously, the, you, you probably heard this story, but Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, their, their trespass, their injustice towards God was, one, disregarding the relationship of God. That's, 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 that's the, a really big part of the Adam and Eve story. It's not just that they did a bad thing. It's that they rejected their relationship with God. They, they said, I, I actually, I want to be like him, so maybe I don't even need him. And it's the rejection of the need of God. Now what's so interesting about that is that um, we as humanity, we bear the image of God. We, we bear his image. Um, and that doesn't just mean that God is a biped with like arms like this, but doesn't, but like, you know, he, he looks a little bit like a human. We, we bear his image also in responsibility and in capability. We were in task, not, not capable of like God-like things, but we were tasked with taking care of his creation. And we are capable of lovingly, compassionately caring for his creation. Those, the, the words originally that, that God charged us with was subdue and dominate. Those weren't bad words back then. To subdue and dominate the way God does, the way that he with the creation, is that everything that he takes care of flourishes. And so what we did is that we when we sinned against him, we introduced death, we unflourished, <laughs> we, we removed the, the, the potential for creation to flourish the way it was supposed to, and introduced death into the world, and the effects of that, which is the constant fear of death in which we, we insecurely interact with each other, this is where the anxiety comes from, right? Is, is we insecurely interact with each other, wondering if, if, I am, if I'm like God enough, if I'm, if I'm enough like God, if, if I'm perfect, essentially. We introduce that, and so we need justification. But the other truth about humanity, like I said, is that God 
wants to give justification to us. He wants to give it. It says it was a gift of grace. He wants to give it as a gift of grace, this justification of Jesus. He wants to. It's a gift. It's not, it's not an obligation. It's not a loan. It, you don't, it, it's not a payback kind of situation. It's not like one of those gifts where God like, holds it over your head for a while. You know, like those, you know, I don't know if you have friends or family or whatever that like gave you a gift and then like in, in, in the future, like, remember when I gave that? Like, um, yeah, that was a really great gift, right? And and you're like, they're like about to open their Christmas gift. You're like, I, I hope it, I, I feel bad now. I hope that you like this, you know? Um, it, it, it's a gift of grace. It's a, it's a gift given of grace. And, and that shows that God loves us. You know, something that I heard recently is that God's justice is redemptive, not retributive. God's justice is redemptive, not retributive. God wants us to experience his justification. So the, the filter here, the honorable filter, the appropriate and reasonable filter is to hold both in balance, that humanity needs justification and God wants to give it. And so when, when I approach a, a, a situation maybe at work, when I see the way people are acting that might not be okay, <laughs> That, that's not okay. I need to understand at that moment what they need is they need justification. Yes, people have sin. People do sin. But God wants to give them grace. God wants them to repent. My, the end goal is repentance, not destruction. I want to call them to repentance because that's what God wants for them as well. Lastly is me. The filter, uh, the, the true and honorable filter for me about justice is that I needed justification. That's what's true. And I have been justified in Christ, in Christ alone. The big truth is that I have been justified in Christ, in Christ alone. When I look at this, you know, the, the, the filter, the way we're going is kind of like the reverse. Michael Jackson, starting with the man in the mirror. I'm ending with the man in the mirror. Um, but, you know, as, as I look at, as I, as I met with the situation, I look at, at God's justification, that he's the only just one, that he's got the standard, and that I can look into it, that I can study it in the scriptures. You know, I, I didn't mention that before, but that's a main way that we look and understand and see God's character as being the only just justifier and I, and I look at Jesus and then I look at humanity and I, and I look at the situation around me, whether it be an interpersonal conflict or whatever I see in the news or some injustice I see in the world and I go, okay, humanity needs justice and, and God wants to give them uh, justification, wants to give them repentance. How do I call it to repentance? And then I look at myself and I go, oh my gosh, am I still a trainee? Am I, am I still taking the judge exam? <laughs> you know, with all the truths that I've said, even about Jesus, we, we, we could even know them but not really believe them. And that's what it says, that it's, it, it's a gift of faith and belief deep within me to think about whatever is just. It's not just a thinking exercise here, but a meditation of the heart that I needed justification and I have been given it. That I, you know... In, in a justice metaphor, I entered the courtroom with all of my bad stuff, with, with the long list of everything that I've ever done or ever will do that's wrong. 
And because of belief in, in Jesus, because I, I trusted him, what factually happened, whether or not, like, I, I, I always believe it or not, what factually happened when I believed in him is that the judge himself said, I will take your punishment. I'm going to step down and I'm actually going to give you a position of honor in my kingdom where actually now you can, the last verse says, you can be an upholder. I can uphold. That is not something that I earned. That is a gift. For me to be able to, to look at the world and begin to uphold God's just standard, the law, the, all, all the, the, the right ways that we should interact with each other, the, I can be that because he, Jesus, looked at me and pardoned me, but, but not, not, a, not an empty pardon, a pardon that he took on himself. He actually took the punishment. I am justified in, in Christ and Christ alone. And what that does then, what's interesting is we begin to, as you think about almost the reverse filter from me out now, as I perceive my world as, as, I, as you know, I, it's kind of like breathing. I intake the, whatever's happening, and as I intake an interpersonal conflict at work or whatever, I, I, I go through these. Okay, God is the only one watching the situation who knows exactly what's right. And he is a justifier. He longs to give, to to remove the, the sins of this person. And, and this person has sin. There is sin. And, but what I want to do is I want to call them to repentance, not put them in their place. I want to call them to something better. And then, lastly, I, I've got, I still have a need for justification. I still have sin. You know, because Jesus justifies us doesn't mean that indwelling sin leaves. We still do bad things. And so it allows me in that situation then to, as I, as I begin to move out, is to say, okay, I can and am willing to repent in, in, in this situation. I'm willing to say, I'm wrong. This, I should be like this. And I'm willing to help to call others into repentance with me even, right? To say, you know, in, in a situation, instead of saying, you, you wronged me, hopefully you're, you're better. By the way, if you want an example, I'm perfect. No, hey, actually, I don't think that we interacted that well in that, in that situation. And I, and I think I'm not seeing the world the right way. And, and I think that's affecting how, how we act. Or even sometimes that someone just does something wrong without you, right? Without you even affecting it. And so what you can say in security, knowing that you've been justified by Jesus, and you can say, look, you know, I, I want the best for you. I desire the best for you, and the way that you just acted was wasn't wasn't okay and wasn't right, and actually hurt me or, or these other people. And so, I don't think that that's you. I think I've seen these other good characteristics that I want to bring out. Let's say it's you know they're they're being prideful. You can say actually I don't. I think your pride is actually masking some of your better qualities. Call them into repentance, joyful repentance, and then when you can, point them to God that when someone finally well that was really super kind of you that was like the kindest intervention i've ever had well yeah actually the reason i i can say that is because i have received that from god um god is is a just justifier and he loves me so hopefully as as you as you think about these things this is becoming easier but you might be thinking this this still seems like a lot for me to handle <laughs> this seems like like and, and what I said about, you know, the, the, the dread analogy is 
um, it, it, sometimes it feels immediate, right? Like, I need an answer right now. I don't have the time to go through all the scriptures look at God as being just or the, or the exact right thing um, in, in scripture. And that might feel overwhelming, even though I would say that it probably takes less time than you think to think through these things, to think through these filters, to these true and honorable filters. Um, but the one of the honorable things that, that God calls me into, that God calls us into, that's appropriate and reasonable, is that he has given the Holy Spirit as the just judge in us. So the honorable thing is to trust the Holy Spirit in us. John uh, 16 talks about, it, it says that Jesus... Um, is talking to his disciples, says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, capital H Helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Just... Pausing for a second, this is a known and repeatable thing that we're seeing that what the helper comes to earth to, to do is to convict. It's his job to convict, right? So in, in all these situations, the reason I'm talking about seeing things in a new light and seeing that God wants people to, to be justified, wants to, to give justification, wants to give repentance is because um, it's not my job to convict. It's the Holy Spirit's. And the, and the Holy Spirit wants to convict for redemption, right? Um, all these things are leading to Jesus, uh, are to lead people to Jesus, right? Concerning sin, because they didn't believe in me. Concerning sin, so they do believe in me, in, in other words. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. Let's continue with these verses. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that, what he, uh, that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The last part is just to say that, hopefully I can sum this up, is that the Holy Spirit indwelling in those who believe in Jesus, indwelling in us, comes with the full weight and wisdom of the full triune God, and he's there to guide you. He's there to guide you, to nudge you. You know, I've, I've felt God nudging over the last year to really work on, for, for our ministry, to, to reflect the more Imago Dei, more image of God in, in, our, in our ministry. We have a very global ministry, and any one worship expression is not enough and doesn't value the Holy, you know, what the Holy Spirit has done in, in, in my students' lives on, on campus. And so I, I, that, he's nudging me, but he's nudging me out of the truth that I'm not, I don't need to improve to win God's favor. No, he's already given it. I'm improving because I'm joining the Holy Spirit in what he's doing. We, we don't need to be afraid of the topic of whatever is just. Because the Holy Spirit, God knows where we've, where we've sinned. And, and what Jesus has done is that he's allowed us to admit our need to repent, to long for repentance in others, and to point to God as we do it. 
and the freedom that, then to, to, to trust the Holy Spirit is moving through us to join what, whatever is just in, in the world. And at times that might be being silent, and at times that's action, but trust the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's appro- it's appropriate and reasonable. I love that it's reasonable. It's reasonable to trust the Spirit is leading you and guiding you. And, you, and if you're wondering, it, what, what's right here? What's just here? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. So to, to close, what's true is that God is the only just justifier. And what's honorable, therefore, is to trust him as the only just one in a situation and look to him, look to God's justice. Trust he is the only just one. Humanity, what's true is that we need justification. Humanity needs justification, and God wants to give it. God wants to give justification, and therefore it's honorable is to call people to repentance, not retribution, to long for other people's justification through God. And, and one thing that I just love about that too is that it's, it's, not, it's not a naive look at the world, but it's also not uh, depressing. You know, It's both. It's, it, it, it's both understanding that people have flaws, that systems have flaws, that things, things have failed massively, but also we can speak into it. And lastly, that I, have been, I need a justification. I have been justified through Christ and Christ alone. And what's honorable is I trust the Holy Spirit to guide me into what is just. Let me pray, and I'll close us. Uh, Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thanks for this time that we get to worship together and look at who you are and, and what you've called us to. And um, Jesus, you alone are just, you alone are right, and you have a an incredible capacity to see and, and see rightly, and, and you've given us your Holy Spirit uh, to, to see the world and see ourselves properly, that you've paid for our sins and you long to pay for um, the sins because you love people, you love them, you want to give them grace. When you saw the crowds, you had compassion on them. Um, yeah, God, we, we love you and, and, and uh, are grateful for, for your sacrifice. In your name, amen. Thanks, New City. It's good to be with you this morning.